Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Download the notes at kcm.org slash notes. Welcome everybody to the Believer's Voice of Victory broadcast. We're Kenneth and Gloria Copeland. Let's have a word of prayer. We'll get right into today's Bible lesson. Father, thank you so much. Thank you. We open our hearts and we open our minds to you today for revelation from heaven. And we receive it, we take it. And Father, we forgive if we have ought against any. You said that, Lord Jesus, when you were on this earth and you meant it and you intended for us to do it. Whether we like it or not, we belong to you, so we do what you say do. That's right. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Join Gloria and me again today in welcoming Dr. Caroline Leaf to this broadcast. Thank you. Bless your heart. Caroline, you're one of the busiest people. I'm (laughs) telling you, you and Jerry Savelle and Jesse Duplantis, I'll tell you, you, y'all don't be... Well, she's smart. I don't know what happened. (laughs) (laughs) They don't hardly stop and breathe. I mean, they just stay stay at it night and day. And bless your heart, we're we're so glad that you that you are spending this time with us and with our partners and and all of us. We're so blessed. Thank you. Um, Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 19. Mm -hmm. Now this is God speaking. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. In other words, you have no excuse. Mm-hmm. What happens to you is your choice, not exactly. mine, God is Exactly. Saying. I love it. Mm-hmm. That I have set before you life and death, mm-hmm. blessing and cursing. Therefore, the understood subject of the sentence is you. Therefore, you choose life mm-hmm. that both you and your seed may live that you may love the Lord your God and that you may obey His voice and that you may cleave unto Him for He is your life and He is the length of your days that you may dwell in the land where the Lord swore unto His fathers to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give them. Now, now, how, how does that affect us today? Well, Galatians chapter three, mm-hmm. if you are in Christ Jesus, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Yeah. So this, this is us. us. This is us to whom he it's is us. speaking. So now the, the, this settles it forever. God's made his choice. Mm-hmm. Now, I want you to listen to this very carefully because God, I don't care who you are. I don't care where you are. And I, I, you, you, you very well could be in, in the, incarcerated in the penitentiary somewhere. Listen up. Mm-hmm. God has chosen you. He's made his choice. Mm-hmm. I place before you life and death, mm-hmm. blessing and cursing. Make mm-hmm. your choice. Yeah, but Brother Copeland, you don't understand what I've done. No, but I understand what Jesus has done. And Jesus took all of our sins and he bore them at the cross. 
He defeated hell in awesome spiritual combat, was raised from the dead. Now, the only thing, the only sin that exists that'll send you to hell. Are you listening to me now? The only sin that exists that will send you to hell is to not accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Mm. That's it. Mm. You know the old saying, well, you go to hell for lying, same as you do stealing. You don't go to hell for lying. You don't go to hell for stealing. Mm -mm. You go Because Jesus bore the price of all the lying and mm -hmm. the stealing, the whole curse. He has set before you life and death. Now it's your choice. In other words, he's the only answer out. And he is the life. That's right. Yeah. He is, he's the life that God has set before us. There is no other way. There's not any other way. And he said, I have come that you might have life. life and abundantly. And have it more you, abundantly. Mm -hmm. Now, in the price he paid is the quality of our mind. Very good. We have the born again child of God has the mind of Christ. Mm. Now, now let me, let me do, in other words, Christ is not Jesus' last name, mm. nor is it his title. It is the Greek translation of the Hebrew word Messiah. And in most cases in the English Bible, it was not translated. Now, there are scriptures in there that do translate it for you, even mm. in the King James Bible. But let, let, let's cut this short right here. I want you to get this. Now, Messiah is both, both Christ and the Hebrew word Messiah mean the same thing. They mean anointing. The anointed one. one. Jesus said, um, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to preach the gospel. Mm. Now, the anointing is the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. We are the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. We have that anointing in, in us. us. When you accept Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, now stay with me because I'm going somewhere with this. Mm -hmm. Then that anointing, that First John, John wrote that in a letter, and he said, "This anointing, this unction, you have received of Him." Yeah. Same word, anointing. Same word, translated Christ. Mm -hmm. Now, here it is. We have the mind of Christ. We have the same. You ready for this? We have the same anointing that was present and on the mind of Jesus. And when he's walking this earth as a man, we have that same anointing available for our minds. So, whoa, and when you accept him as Lord and Savior, that anointing comes in you. And when you begin to think his thoughts after him, his word, and you choose life, you choose Jesus, you choose life, yep. you cling to God, then mm -hmm. that anointing begins to control and express itself in your brain. And this magnificent organ that God has 
foot in this bone covering here. (laughs) The mind where the anointing of Jesus is and lives in your spirit. See, your soul, your mind, will, and emotions emotions are part of your spirit. Mm -hmm. And, And you get born again then you need to renew the mind to the Word. And when you start thinking His thoughts, then this brain begins to change. And it begins to get in line. And this magnificent piece of equipment goes into operation and it'll make a somebody out of nobody. That's it. Oh, glory to God. You just preached it. <laughs> oh, and I need, I, too. <laughs> I didn't invite you here to preach to you. I, I, I love I it. Want, I, I, I love now, it. <laughs> now, tell me more about this thing. <laughs> I'm so hungry to learn more oh, about this. It's, it, it's incredible. It's just, you make me so excited because every time I talk about the brain, I get so hyper as well and get so excited. So I love being around you too because you get so excited about the word and about the brain as well. It's my favorite topics. Um, so your brain is designed to be addicted to God. I said that earlier on. Now you gave an example at the end of the last broadcast where you spoke about how you threw out that packet of cigarettes after being immersed in the Word for, I think it was three, what did you say, three, six weeks, six weeks where you Yeah, did that? it was a six weeks meeting, but I was three weeks into it. Into it, okay. Now um, before that, yeah. It, after I got born again, man, I hated those cigarettes. <clears throat> and I, but I was so addicted to them, I'd throw them out the window and then stop and remember how absolutely broke I was and I'd turn around, out, dig around out there in the weeds trying to, and I, all the time I was doing it, tears would be running down my cheeks. Why am I out here doing, doing this? this I, again. And, and that's the tearing that yep. talked about in the fifth chapter of Galatians. Yep. Where the, the, your spirit is, is, is in combat with your flesh and, yep. and your flesh fighting your spirit and they need to all get lined up together. And that's where the anointing of the mind comes in, where we can do that because that thing that was drawing you back in to keep picking up your cigarettes was, is this chaos, is this actual network that you physically built in your brain. So for all the years of, of, of smoking, choosing to smoke, you had not been in alignment with God. Sorry. <laughs> for that decision, but you didn't choose the right decision. Well, absolutely. That's not. what all of us, I mean, we've all got an example, but this is the, we've all got these things. We've, every time we choose wrong, we literally wire that into the brain. And then every time you smoked a cigarette, it was making it more habituated and more automatized. The scientific word is that it, the, it automatized in your brain. So if you had smoked your cigarette for longer than 63 days, you had a real, you had really implanted a literal hold an addiction into your brain of this, the desire for the cigarette. So once you recognized it was wrong and you and that warring started, before that there wasn't the recognition, but once the war started, the war literally did start between the two. And the war was for you being forgiven, obviously, as soon as we confess we're forgiven, but we have to eliminate this. So we have to eliminate the old and that's the renewing of the mind. The renewing of the mind is this doesn't just go away when you, when you confess. When you confess, you receive forgiveness, but we still have this fleshly thing that's stuck in our incredible brain and that we have to actually wire out. And I think this is where most people fall down. They don't recognize that there is work to be done in 
overcoming those bad habits that we've established once we've received our forgiveness. But the first point is we have to bring it from the non-conscious mind, which is very much linked to the spiritual part of who we are. We have to bring it to the conscious part of our minds. And when we're consciously aware, as the Holy Spirit reveals to us, this is wrong, then we can start, as soon as it's in the conscious mind, because our mind's got a non-conscious that drives us, it's very huge, it's powerful, it works on quantum principles, it's linked to the spiritual part of man, but it's still part of the mind zone, but it's got a foot in the door of the spiritual part of man. So all of our habits that we build, all of our things we think about, all the things that, that we make as a result of choices, when we're operating in and out of our gift, those become thoughts that become implanted in our mind. So when we're operating in our gift, when we're using our mind correctly, then we will build healthy thoughts and implant them and automatize them in a healthy way. Now when what's, we, what's going on in your, in the brain itself? Um, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, the, um, the brain and the way it's functioning, particularly in, in the area of addictions. And, well, that's so what's forth. happening. These, this thing has had too much attention paid to it. So if you remember when I was explaining the profile, the first, which, whatever, whichever, once you've done the profile, whichever comes out as the highest score, that is the first part of thinking. Thinking's got seven parts that you go through and you keep going through those cycles of thinking every couple of seconds, so many thousands of times a day. So if you keep on thinking about something, you are wiring in, each time you're passing through a cycle of thought every couple of seconds, you're actually building networks, you're establishing the network. And then the more you practice using it, the more it is, is stronger and stronger. And the stronger it becomes, after a period of 63 days, it's become very implanted. It takes six, 63 days to literally to implant something into the networks of our brain. Then as you practice using that, after the 63 days, you are literally becoming addicted to that concept or that thought, whatever it may be. So if it's good stuff, that's perfect. But if it's the bad stuff, it, then, then addiction goes wrong. So then when we, our, our perfect thinking So addiction disrupted. is not a bad thing. No, no. It's a wrong addiction that's a bad That's thing. the bad thing. You see, so when we operate out of our gift, we won't use all seven of those properly. We won't digest the thought properly. So when we take Deuteronomy 30:19 and we operate out of our gift, which means we're not thinking properly, we make the wrong decision. Yeah, because the Word says we, we become these. addicted to well-doing. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So we're either becoming addicted to well-doing or we're becoming addicted to the wrong thing. And wherever we're paying our attention, and how does that build? It builds, um, we've, we've got to almost see it, there's, there's almost like, two major phases. The first phase is our processing, which we control. We, ch we choose what we pay attention to. We choose, we choose to direct our mind in that direction. Wherever you direct your mind, your brain just follows. Okay? Then the second phase is as it, once the information is in your brain, it then passes through these, these phases. As it passes through those phases, it's digesting. As a thought is digesting, it's building. And then the more and you physically are building, you're making proteins, you're causing proteins to literally express in your DNA. And those proteins group together with the chemicals and they form, they grow these little branches that are called dendrites. And there's a whole process happening on a quantum level, an electromagnetic level, a chemical level, a biological level. All these levels are responding 
to the choice that we've made. So, and, and as we make the choice, we then drive this processing. And every two seconds we move through those, we move through our seven and we move through our seven. And each time you're paying more and more attention, you're making it stronger and stronger and stronger. So in one day, you could be thinking about the cigarettes or the whatever addiction it may be or the bitterness or every, every few, few seconds that, and it yeah. builds yeah, yeah. so yeah. at the end yeah. of that day you've actually built something by the end of 21 days it's become something pretty strong by the end of 63 days according to science you've implanted it now the James 121 we all know that scripture the implanted word of God will save your soul not the implanted Google gossip you know, bad stuff, that doesn't save your soul. It is what we, so where we are directing our attention is physically creating these thoughts from which we think and do, as a man thinks in his heart. Mm -hmm. So, so is he. Is he. Yeah. See, and God looks on at the heart and the intent of the heart <coughs> because these things have got, this is information on the little branches. You literally are holding the um, information that you are processing, the desire for this or whatever. Like now, as you're listening to me now, you are growing little branches made of protein to hold my words. Multiple branches because there's multiple concepts. And if we think about the, this information and talk about this over a period of 21 days, we will build a solid memory, a healthy one, because it's not an unhealthy, this is good stuff we're talking about, You'll, you will build a healthy memory. If you practice using this stuff for another another 42 days to take you to 63 days, you then have built, a, established a memory that will now drive you. In other words, it's part of you. You've implanted it. You can use that information. It works in the positive and in the negative direction. So when I choose life, I build life. It's a process of daily focused discipline. And what am I doing? I'm using my gift. How do I build my life? Gift is, your gift is how you uniquely think. But when it's the good one, this works properly. And the, the flow is correct. The, everything in the brain works like it should work. The signal that's been generated from a good choice mm. is very different to a signal that is generated by a wrong choice. You know, I'm thinking about a man. He was raised in a family of criminals. That's what they did. His, it going, his dad, his granddad, and his great-granddad, and they, that, that's where he came from. He came from a family of criminals. And, uh, and it, he was on uh, death row in the state of Arkansas at a very young age. I think he was a teenager. But he got born again and, and, and he, began to, he, he began to listen to the Word, uh, listen to our tapes and so forth in the Word. And then, uh, then and God delivered him from death row and not too long after that, he was, he was in his, uh, he was a younger man. Then he got, and, and, the, and he was uh, freed. He, he was paroled and, and here's what he told That's me. incredible. This is, what, this is why this conversation got me thinking about him. He said, Brother Kenneth, I didn't know how to think. He said, I, I didn't have any good thoughts. Just, and he said, I'm, I, I'm, I'm trying to learn how to live and I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to, to, uh, to renew my mind. So he said, I took your schedule and he said, I would go where you were scheduled to be 
And he said, I would go to that town and I'd get me some job washing dishes or something and I'd stay there till you got there. Then he said, I'd quit that job and I'd go get in the meeting and I'd, I'd stay in that meeting. And back there then we had meetings, you know, a week, 10 days at a time. And he said, I would go and he said, you'd leave. I'd quit that job and I'd, I'd go to the next town and I'd get me another job and I'd stay there till you got there. Now he said, that's what I did. And I constantly read the Bible, constantly read books. And he said, I had to learn how to think. He wound up dean of a Bible college. Oh my goodness, that's a wonderful story. But, but the, 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 the drastic comparison is uh, one that you don't, well, I don't, I don't know of many that, that because he, he didn't turn bad after, you know, he was raised bad. That's an interesting point because you mentioned that earlier on yesterday or that uh, last week, one of the broadcasts, how your family line dies in the early 70, mid 70s and how you came against that. This is the same thing. This is what he's talking about. In Deuteronomy, I lay before you life and death, blessing and cursing, choose life so that you and your descendants may live. This is the nurture thing. Oh, so yeah. as we oh, make a choice, yeah. it passes through the generations. So this, this, um, when we think well, we pass good stuff through the generations. It's literally a thought in our brain. It goes into our DNA, goes into the sperm and the ova, and it passes through to the next four generations, and 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 then to the next four, and the next four, and the next four until it's stopped. So good stuff you want to keep, but bad stuff will come through too. But here's the thing: it's because it comes through. It's it's only a predisposition. Okay, so he had a predisposition to operate in a criminal manner, but it wasn't a guaranteed thing that he would. Highly likely because his nurturing was that, but he was still made in love, still wired in love, still made in perfection and could still choose to go his own pathway. So there's the core of him was, was perfect because we made him wired for love. But then the, he had added to his core, of perfect, was his core of perfection was the stuff that was added. So when he was born, he was born with the stuff that came from his parents, grandparents, great-grandparents yeah. laid on. That's the born in sin concept. So around the perfect core is this sin concept. Think of the statue of David when Michelangelo was carving the statue of David. It was a big block of marble. And then eventually it became the statue of David. And that perfect statue, that's like this perfect us. And then we build these layers of marble around us by every bad toxic choice. Mm -hmm. And they, we've got generational ones, but the generational ones are non-functional until activated. So he could either choose to submit and activate and think, well, that's just my family. And he did for a time. He actually, so as he did, this thing was, because it came to the generations asleep, sealed up. So by this thing of, oh, well, this is what we do, he activated it and he pulled it out and he started living from it. And as he lived from it, he made it stronger and stronger. So it became a lifetime until some change happened. Now this, this, um, you remember when uh, the series of broadcast we did some months ago and she said, this is what the, the little memory trees look like in your brain when it's full of chaos. Exactly. Well, what, I, what, I'm, what I'm seeing here, and I began to envision this. Um, I see this little wilted flower, just wilted, emaciated thing. You start pouring the water of the Word of God in there. And it grows. And this thing begins to change. And this little, little wired up, crummy looking stuff begins to flower and break out. 
Praise God. And that's what's happening to me on the inside when this yes. is going on. Exactly. And we're out of time. So take your scrawny <laughs> little brain and, <laughs> and start pouring the water of God on that Eliminate thing. it. And it comes out looking like that. That's it. Hallelujah. <laughs> and that's called reconceptualization in science. Re Reconceptualization. I stay with the word. Renew the mind. <laughs> We hope you enjoyed today's teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Be sure to get the notes at kcm.org notes. And remember, Jesus is Lord.